This is Where I'm At, a podcast on health, wellness, and yoga. I'm Lauren D'Angelo. I'm a yoga teacher, writer, and a marketer, and I will be doing the interviewing of my teachers on this podcast. The important people in my life who have taught me and helped me and shaped my life into what it is today. If you listen to this podcast, you can expect to hear talks on health, wellness, yoga, and lifestyle. This is a fun, lighthearted podcast where my hope is you learn something new that you can take away and implement in your life. Plus, you get the added bonus of getting to know local yoga teachers and those in the health and wellness field in the Boston area and beyond. Today, I am with one of my very good friends, Christine McGuire. Hi, Christine. Hey, Lauren. Christine is a studio owner, The Woods Yoga in um, in Rhode Island. And um, Christine, how, how long have you owned your studio now for? We opened in 2017. So 2017. Yep. And since that time, you've made it through an expansion, mm-hmm. a pandemic, <laughs> and probably a lot of other stuff. <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to have Christine on today because, um, first of all, Christine and I go way back. We've probably known each other for almost, what, 10 years now, I want to say, yep. right? Yep. And so at one point when I was a studio owner, you were a manager for me, and that's kind of how we connected and started to get close. And then since that time, the roles have flipped, and I at one point was teaching for you, and you were, <laughs> you were the owner, so... <laughs> Um, you know, definitely one of my teachers. And so I, I wanted to take a couple of moments to just talk about all the things that you have done through the pandemic, because I know we've been kind of in contact here and there throughout the last year. And I know that there's been a lot of change at the Woods Yoga. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And it's funny because we have, you and I do go so far back. You've sort of been in my life since the beginning of my yoga journey, really, like from the beginning, you gave me my first job in yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To that end, one of the things just to dive right into the deep end, um, one of the things I think that I learned from you um, was just, doing things based on my gut and so and really listening to my gut and you didn't know me from Adam we had a mutual friend um I had just sort of finished teacher training I was really green um but we hit it off and you hired me you didn't have me audition or do anything of that sort and you put like so much trust in me um and our I think our relationship evolved from there but I've, I've learned to do that. I've hired teachers who have come into the studio asking for a job. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not hiring because that's not how you go about getting a job in a yoga studio. And then after a couple of minutes of speaking with that person, one in particular, I really liked her. And I was like, you know what, why, why am I not hiring? We have a class at noon. Would you like to teach it? (laughs) And she did. And then she was on staff for a couple of years after that. And it was just like, you, you know, you know, and there's an, there's an energetic exchange that you and I have fallen away from each other for long periods of time and a stretch. And when we come back, it's like, boom, nothing, didn't skip a beat. It doesn't matter. There's nothing. Every time I feel like every Every time time. happened that way. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah, I do. There is a lot to be said. It's funny. One of the, um, it seems to be uh, this this energy idea of like going with your gut seems to be a reoccurring theme with this particular season that I'm recording. So that my, the previous person that I recorded, um, Hanya, she said the same thing. She's a designer and a yoga teacher. And she was saying, I was asking her, I'm like, what is your process for coming up with your sequences? And what is your process for when you're sitting down and designing? And the idea was 
to talk about the congruence between the two, you know, cause there is a lot. And one of the things that she said was it's a gut feeling. Like you just kind of start to develop this intuition of this energy that you just, you kind of intuitively know. Um, and I, I remember the very first time I met you, I remember sitting down and having coffee and sitting across <laughs> from you and we hit it off in our conversation and like where you were in your life and where I was in my life. And I was like, this person is going to be important. I just, I knew that. And so that began our journey. <laughs> yeah. And it's so like, I think the more that you're open to that, the more it ends up showing up in your life. So there's a lot of that, like in the 10 years since we've met yeah um with other people i mean even with holly coming back into our lives from out of the country and and just <laughs> popping in and bringing us together again for a brief I period know. and love her. you know yes. yeah but it I, I mean it's kind of like the whole yoga thing like birds of a feather you know these like-minded yeah. people um just tend to find each other and you know a lot of times as a business owner less so as a teacher because i think it's really easy to teach from an intuitive place you know you you have a plan for your class and in teacher training everybody tells you you have to plan for your class but you have to be ready to like throw that plan out based on who shows up for class mm -hmm. And I think that any good teacher really um, very naturally and fluidly falls into the habit of being able to do um, as a business owner. There's so many like, you know, I have books on my nightstand, like the, the e-myth and all of these things. I've never even cracked them open. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I should spend more time, you know, studying business. Mm -hmm. And Anthony's like, no, no, no don't mess up what you've got going. You manage the business from such an intuitive place yeah. and just shift and evolve in yeah. a way that meets what the community needs without doing anything by the book, without learning from anybody else's mistakes. It's just learning on the fly, pivoting when, when you need to, when you need to. And like, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I would have loved to open a power yoga studio. I mean, that is where, you know, my zeal for yoga mm -hmm. comes from and where my training comes from. And when we opened, it was like, that's not who showed up. Mm. It, that's, that's not who was attracted to us. So it, it, we still delivered an authentic experience. It just wasn't what I wanted to jam into my idea of the kind of yoga studio that I wanted. Yeah. I thought that I wanted to have. And we're even, I mean, we've always had power on the schedule Yeah. and it's never really like we have classes on the schedule called power. They're just difficult vinyasas. They're not power classes. Right. And whenever we have true power teachers teach, you know, straight up power yoga class, it's like lost on our community. Like they do not latch onto it. And to me, that's mind boggling, but you know, who am I to try to change their minds? So we're trying to, we're meeting them where they are yeah, and giving them what they need. I mean, they think they want power. They think they want the workout and the, you know, straightforward, but they really need yinyasa, which is like our latest yeah, I saw and that. greatest offering that after the year we've had, and most people have fallen away from their mat at least a little bit. Yeah. It's just the perfect yeah. entry, re-entry to your practice. Yeah. I mean, I, that was one of the things as I, I see that too. I mean, I, I started to teach a um, slow flow Nidra class <clears throat> almost immediately once COVID had hit Sunday nights at 830. And that class followed me through just, just a couple of weeks ago, I had to give it up for uh, other reasons, school and, and other just busyness happening in my life. And 
that particular class did very, very well. And I do think that people are escaping to their mats to really slow down and kind of listen and less about that power. Not to say that they don't still enjoy it because they do. There's still, there's still a business out there and a market out there that want that hot, hot, sweaty, drippy, you know, <laughs> let it all out type of type mm-hmm. of class that you and I are, are just so in love with. But I do think that there is a real need for people to kind of de-stress and just slow down and allow their bodies to release tension that they're holding from the emotional roller coaster of what the last year has been. Um, so I think that there's a real need for that. Absolutely. And um, we just launched um, a restored, a two and a half hour restorative workshop on Sunday. So on Friday night, Anthony taught, uh, it was just a one hour. So a couple of weeks ago, he did an LSD class, a long, slow, deep, like Brian Kest inspired yin class. And, and it was great. And people, it, it, we did it as a pop-up <clears throat> in the time slot of a typical vinyasa class and nobody really knew what to expect, but they showed up and people loved it. And as difficult as it was for everybody, you know, they came out of there like, oh my God, that's the fountain of youth. That is amazing. So we did another one, a shortened version last week. And I was in there using all my bolsters and props and stuff, making it a little bit more of a restorative class. Yeah. And I thought, my God, this is what people need. Yeah. So literally the next morning I like jumped out of bed, got on, on my body and started, um, creating the workshop the we're calling it the art of deep relaxation and it's going to be a straight up restorative class and we're not offering props anymore right we're not doing any shared props so we're selling them Mm -hmm. so the workshop itself is 50 bucks the props are is like 200 retail so we're offering it at wholesale just so people can get their stuff and make it affordable and it sold out within 24 hours that's amazing 24 hours so we added another one and that one's already at like 20 percent capacity so obviously there's a need yeah there is for it um and we're we're gonna heed the call and we'll amazing add it to the schedule too how many does your studio so so one of the things that happened to you is and you're the second local studio that i know that this happened to by the way when covid hit you were in the process of expanding so you're you're in this cute little um adorable section of Rhode Island and you're in this like great little plaza and you moved diagonal same plaza just like diagonally across the plaza and you were in the middle of the build out isn't that right the build out right still happening right exactly so we were we were bursting at the seams um first quarter of 2020 um and we were uh waitlisting the majority of our classes and we at the time could accommodate about 35 people in each class. And we had like a a 10 person wait list for most of our primetime classes. So fortunately we were, we had already seen that coming. And so the construction for the new space was underway. We took, um, we moved from a 1200 square foot to a 2000 square foot. And honestly, we probably could have taken three, but that was a little scary to think about at the time. Um, so when we closed in March for the, for COVID, the construction continued and it was a very long, slow process, but miraculously the new space was ready to be occupied literally the same week that the state allowed us to reopen with spacing guide with capacity restrictions and social distancing. So in our new space, we were able to open, I think initially we opened with 10 people per class whereas 
had we reopened in the old space, we probably would have been relegated to like four people per class, which I know many studios made that work through this time, but I, I I don't see how I could have done that. Isn't that amazing how, like, again, like that's such a blessing in disguise. Like, I I think at first you're probably like, okay, great. Like we're totally sunk. And then through the year, when you're able to reopen, you have the space to actually at least accommodate more people and therefore hopefully have a little bit more, you know, income. Yes. It probably a little bit of a higher, you know, cost, but, but still like you're still able to accommodate more. It was a huge leap of faith, just, you know, signing the paper to move to a a larger space. Obviously none of us knew what was to come. Um, But yeah, we were going to have to build out another, we had just built out this space three years prior. Yeah. So we're, we're, for us to walk away from that investment was like, are we sure? Is yeah. this something we want to do? We, we really, we don't want to just keep bursting at the seams. We're going to go and like build a bigger boat. Um, and in doing such an interesting piece of that was there, we needed a bigger communal area in the yoga studio. Um, the practice area for sure. We could have used a little bit more space. But it became so obvious so early on in the life of the woods that our community didn't want to leave after class. Yeah. And we had such a small lobby reception area. It was difficult to accommodate that. And we did it. Like we would have BYOB on Friday nights and everybody would just be dripping and and drinking beer and hanging out. And that was great. But it was like awkwardly placed um, conversation. Um, so when we built out the new studio, we put a huge emphasis on, you know, having two bathrooms, two changing rooms, you know, double the amount of cubbies and benches. And not only that, but a huge open lobby reception area, which has since become the gift shop, um, with seating because we wanted people to be able to, to hang out and get a coffee next door and either hang out there or bring it back into, you know, our space and, and continue things. But when we reopened in June, um, you know, congregating wasn't allowed. And so we had like 800 square feet of space, just basically like (laughs) (laughs) paying the rent on space we can't use. We weren't allowed to use the cubbies. We weren't allowed to use the changing rooms. We weren't allowed to sit. It was, you just, you came in, you got on your mat and you left. It, It was a shame yeah. Um, it had to happen, obviously. But um, starting in November, I sort of, again, the gut, the intuition, I felt another, another closure was going to happen at least through the new year. Um, and that's what they called the pause when we re- when we closed again, um, right around Thanksgiving. And so yeah. I thought, you know, this time I'm going to bring in some yoga gear, yeah. props, so people can continue their practice at home. Because when we closed in March, we sold all of our inventory yeah. of studio props. Yeah. Um, but that was all used stuff. So now I, I brought in um, brand new inventory. I sort of set it up like a little shop. And it was really specific to yoga gear. And I was like, gosh, we have all this space. I happen randomly have experience in the gift industry from 20 years prior. So I just went on like a shopping spree, like a wholesale shopping spree. And a friend of mine in the gift business down in Whitford, Rhode Island, J.W. Graham, um, gave me some shelving units that were like legit retail proper units. 
then we brought some extra pieces of furniture from home and we created this gift shop. We have things hanging from the rafters. We, I mean, not an inch of that place is left bare. It's <laughs> unbelievable. We've taken the benches, but we've repurposed them. One's in the yoga room, one's at my dining room table. Like it takes a couple of laps around the shop to take everything in. And it's wow. a very small space, but it's just chock full of fun, unique things. And now that we're reopened, we have a captive audience. They have to walk through the shop on their way into class and on their way out. Yeah. So everybody comes out feeling good, buys a little, little <laughs> this, little that. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> what do you call the shop? Well, our um, the yoga studio is the Woods Yoga, and we sort of named that after the state park that we're adjacent to, Lincoln Woods. And, and our logo is an owl. Uh, and in my email signature, since day one, um, it's not really a quote. I guess it's like an old nursery rhyme. And it's, a wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Now, wasn't he a wise old bird? <laughs> so it just made sense to call the shop the wise old bird marketplace. So that's where we are. <laughs> I think it's so creative. It's everybody so thinks fun. it's the wise old owl. So everybody calls it woo. Are you at woo today? <laughs> oh, my that's amazing. <laughs> no, no, I'm at wob. <laughs> But how cool is that, that like you just let your creativity kind of work it, work itself out during this time. Yeah. Everything, everything happens that way. It's just like literally everything happens that way. I should write a book about all of those sort of messages from the universe. And there's so many little platitudes in, in yoga, so many little quotes and snippets that we can go back to. And sometimes they, you know, they can just feel trite and overused, but damn it, they are really real. <laughs> I think the part that surprises me sometimes, even for my own self, is how often I used to ignore those things. And now I adamantly try to go towards them versus kind of being like, I don't have time or no, that's not right. I, I get more curious um, and, and inquisitive about those types of gut instincts and intuitions um, that I feel like lead you down those, the paths that, that you found, right? Like, I, I think that, you know, even though it's probably going to be a slow ramp up this new creative way that you've kind of established, think you probably would have struggled to find the time to do it if you had to do it in any other time other than what's happening right now, right? Like you yeah. have this opportunity to take a deep breath and be like, what can I do with this space? And if, if the world was my oyster, which it pretty much is, I can do whatever I want with it right now, what would I make of it? And, and it's amazing how you've kind of come out on the other side with not just a studio, but now like another business that you had no idea a year ago you would and be that the, the shop carried us through we were closed november 30th to december 21st so basically all of december because then we have the holidays and right. yada yada but the shop carried us through december so we didn't have a loss in the month of december which was unbelievable and stocking inventory for the shop was another leap of faith there was a huge financial investment in yes. that it, that didn't come free that wasn't on consignment i purchased all of those things and you know 
it's basically on borrowed money at this point because of the help from the SBA, not so much the grant, but on borrowed money. And I'm like, you know what? There's, there's no other option here. Like failure is not an option. Closing and reopening is not an option. Like this is what we do. This Anthony and I, this is our full-time gig. These, our community is our family. And no matter what it takes, we're going to survive. So I don't, we almost didn't care like what, it cost or what we had to do to make it work. And we just stuck to that. We dug our heels in so deep and just, and I was like, you know, this could be completely foolish of me. It could be just super optimistic or it'll be the best thing that we've ever done. And we'll end up, you know, coming out on the other side on top. And that's where it looks like it's going to happen, uh, you know, barring any other crazy things, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I I mean, to have Anthony as our lead teacher and me running the business, when we're there together, there's an energy that is, I can't describe it, but I know people um, feel it and and talk about it and communicate it. And that's why they come to the woods, just because they feel like we we're true. We're there all the time. Yeah. And it's our baby. And yeah. I think people feel seen and cared for when they're there. I mean, that's like no other. I've never been able, I've never experienced that in any other job, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just the most rewarding part about doing this and it makes all the risk and the anxiety completely worth it. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So talk to me about your favorite quote. I think you already said it, but tell me again what it is. Oh, I don't think I said it. Um, it's so simple, but, and I don't even know to whom it's attributed, but on the other side of fear is joy. Mm, I think I knew that about you. I think I knew that that was your favorite quote. I feel like I've heard that before. And who are your teachers? So I did my, uh, I well, I, I got hooked on yoga um, in 2011 um, when I began practicing at um, Rafa Yoga in Cranston. Yeah. And my first teacher there was Debbie Valwa, um, who's still teaching in Rhode Island. Um, fell in love with the practice that day. And I, I attribute my getting hooked on yoga to Debbie every chance I get. Um, and then a short time after taking that first class, uh, I jumped into a teacher training at, at Rafa and the, that was co-led by Christine Rafa and Jane Viscalosi. Yes. So both of whom have um, a Baptiste in, uh, background in Baptiste teaching. So it was heavily inspired um, in the Baptiste methodology. And then I went on to do a couple of Baptiste trainings, level one, level two, art of assisting, a couple of um, one day things here and there. And so I'm, I, I'm firmly rooted in the Baptiste methodology. Um, and I, well, I haven't gone and pursued more like levels of yoga teaching. When you invited me to the podcast and you said, I'm going to ask you who your teachers are, I, really have to think because I could say, you know, I like to study Iyengar and blah, 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 blah. But the truth is I like to take the classes that my staff teaches. I like to take my husband's class. They're my teachers. Even though I taught some of them how to teach yoga, (laughs) right? Like they reflect it right back at me. And these days, you know, through COVID, I really, through actually through owning a yoga studio, 
not so much teaching yoga. People always say that once you start teaching yoga, you have to be really careful not to lose your own practice because yeah. you spend so much time teaching. You run the risk of not making time for your own practice. True. That wasn't the case for me as a teacher. As a studio owner, on the other hand, I completely <laughs> lost my practice. It was like, I could not turn off being the boss and you know nitpicking, oh my God, there's a piece of lint on the floor. The music is too loud. The lights are too bright. You know, just everything. I couldn't, I had such a difficult time. So that became my practice mm -hmm. was getting myself to turn that off. Less about the asana, less about meditation and more about just let it go mm -hmm. and accept, like radically accept what is happening around you and be a student and just practice. And I was getting back into my practice pre-pause in November. And then it was until about three weeks ago. So it was late February. So from November to late February, I had not done yoga. I had not stepped on a mat. And I mean, I'm back to it very regularly now. And I, I it's been so much easier for me to turn off yeah. the studio owner role and to just be on my mat, not a teacher, not a studio owner, but just taking the lead from the teachers that teach at the woods. And it's been by far the most rewarding part of my journey as a mm. studio owner is really coming to appreciate the teachers that we have, the staff that we have that work tirelessly to create and sustain the atmosphere that we have. Mm. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so great. Um, well, what do you see having, like, wh where do you, where do you see yourself going from here with regards to the woods? Like if we get back on a year from now, like wh where do you, where do you hope to be? Mm. What do you want? So, you know, we, we did one teacher training a couple of years ago, um, because we needed teachers. Um, and as the business now is picking back up, we're going to need more teachers. Yeah. And so we're going to probably lead another training. Um, not something that we want to do, um, you know, just constantly like a teacher training factory, which yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, the world, I think, could use more people trained in, in teaching yoga, not just so there's more yoga teachers out there, but I think it, it creates a really, um, it brings out the natural leadership abilities in, it, it brings out the best in a person. I, I think, think. Change, so, I think it changes their brain. I think it changes, yeah. uh, you know, their brain, the, their thought patterns, the way that they thought their think their ability to be mindful. It, I think it broadens perspectives. And I think that you're right. I think even if they don't plan on being teachers, um, I think that that journey, it, it, it does, it does change you. It really does. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was probably, it was the hardest thing I've ever done was to lead a teacher training. Yeah. Um, Anthony and I co-facilitated um, a training and I mean, we spent 24 hours a day together, Anthony and I, and then we were teaching and we have very different personalities and he's like the monk that, you know, just the yes guy, he'll say yes to anything, nothing gets him, him mad. And I'm like, I've got agendas and tracking time and you know, if somebody's not sitting up tall enough, I get like personally offended. <sighs> I, I'm such a work in progress myself. Like that, again, that's my own, yeah. that's how I practice yoga these days. It's about living life, not about acing a pose. And, yeah. and that's what I'm learning so much of, you know, being accepting and flexible with the people around me and 
willing to see myself the way that they see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the easiest thing. To no, 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 no. <laughs> I can be really unlikable sometimes. I have never experienced that ever. So I don't think that that's true, but okay. <laughs> well, I um, I always like to tell a story about my guests and how they're my teachers. Um, Cause again, the whole premise of this, where I'm at, Pat podcast is for me to interview people who have really influenced me and been teachers in my life. And, and um, I think we talked about it a little at the beginning, but I mean, you have just, from the second I remember meeting you, I just feel like we've been these kindred spirits that yeah, totally like lose touch and then find each other and then lose touch and find each other. And I think, you know, there's just this, um, there's this like flow and ease about you that I have always really enjoyed, but underneath it, there's also this like keen savviness that is really smart and intelligent and does things in a really good, like intelligent way, but with this layer on top of like super fun creativity. And um, you've always been somebody that um, I just learned that from. I learned that, you know, there's gotta be a little bit of fluidity and ease and you know, I, I haven't always been that way in my life, but I do know that I feel like the older I get, the more I just find that, that fluidity. And, um, I think it just, it it does remind me a lot of you of like, no, this is where I feel like I first felt it and learned it and, and trusted it, trusted it. Right. Like, no, I can't be that way. I can't be that like watery and crazy because then I'll just kind of like, there's not, uh, there's no like form to it. Right. And I think that I've learned from you that there can be both. There can be this form and this, the boundaries and um, the need for structure, but you can still do it within a a way where the the creativity um, isn't lost. And, and I think that, um, I, I really feel like I've learned that from you. So thank you for being one That's of my- amazing. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. You know, it's- <laughs> You can see it though, right? You totally get what I'm saying. Some of those same things I beat myself up about, you know, and yeah, I can be very rigid. And what I'm learning from Anthony is it's way more fun to say yes than to say no. And especially running a business when somebody tries to push my buttons or boundaries, I, I'm instantly like- <laughs> No, no. And then if I just take a minute, it feels so much better to say yes and to make somebody happy than it does to like hold true to your freaking business policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, within reason, of course. But of course, totally. It has to be. And like I said, there's gotta be that like I, I do think that that space between is something that I just think it comes with age, you know, and I think that people who have it at a younger age, I I'm always in awe of, but I think for me, you know, I, I really have learned it through the ebbs and flows of all the things that I have been through. And, and, and I know that you were there with me for, for much of that kind of up and down and in and out type of thing. And, and, um, So yeah, so thank you for being one of my teachers. I'm so happy we had a chance to catch up today. I love you. Me too. I love you. When are you going to come and guest teach a class? You know, I'm totally going to come and I I want in on that um, art of, what is it? Restful yoga. What is it called? Art of relaxation. 
Yes, I want in on that. So I'm going to totally sign up for that part. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love you. Talk to you soon. All right. Love you, Lauren. Have a Bye. good day. Bye. This podcast is produced by Jacob Rachinsky. You can check me out on Instagram and on Facebook at Lola Yoga and Wellness. Also, lolayoga.com. If you have time and if you enjoyed this podcast, please go on to Spotify or iTunes and rate this podcast. I hope you'll continue to listen. Thank you so much for being here.